Central Podcast. It's been a while. I've missed you all. I'm Martin. Joining me as always is Duan and Travis. Gentlemen, welcome to the show. Thanks for having us. I have to say, I'm very disappointed in you two because I went on a long spiritual journey and you guys did not record without me. Well, you know why. I would love to hear why. Why don't you tell me? Because we got a a memo from the HR department of Nerdy Legion that if we didn't use our vacation time, we would lose it. (laughs) (laughs) So Travis and I said, well, we might as well use our vacation time while the boss was out and we we use our vacation time. Okay. That's an acceptable excuse. I will have to uh, speak with HR then. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit. (laughs) <laughs> let him have it martin let me speak with hr and make sure that this is the exact story or else this might be dewan's last episode mm-hmm. just, give, just give me my 23 check and i'll be fine <laughs> oh man it's uh it's good to be back it's good to be back podcasting i think I'm pretty sure it's good to be back podcasting. Uh, I've done a couple of the last couple of days. So it's uh, nice talking to you guys. I'm sure I've missed a lot because uh, I'm going to tell you, like, I haven't been on social media. I haven't really checked news websites. So I don't know anything that's happening with anything. How do you live? Like, how are you making it? Very peacefully, actually. It's nice. Yeah. Blood nice. pressure's down. Blood pressure's down. Yeah, blood pressure's down. Cholesterol's uh, at zero. Yeah, I've never had high cholesterol, so I'm not too worried about that. Uh, I mean, but the only thing I know of is uh, this little book that I wanted to briefly talk about with you guys. Uh, I don't know the specifics of this, but we were fortunate enough to receive copies of a new book from Valiant. Uh, when did these come in? Like a week ago, two weeks ago? I don't remember. Yeah, last week. Last week. Uh, so we all received copies of Rye number one, dun, dun, dun. Mm-hmm. Dun, dun, dun. which uh, is being announced this week. So we're recording before that. Uh, spoilers. Uh, we're not going to spoil the story because uh, we, we actually talked about this before started recording. And I think discussing the plot of issue one of Rye um, will not be fair to anybody. Because I think it is a little spoilerific if you are reading Fallen World. And I'm assuming you're all reading Fallen World, right? Mm-hmm. 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 So um, let's talk a little bit, I guess, about general impressions without uh, talking spoilers. So Dan Abnett's coming back for this book, okay, fresh off uh, Fallen World. Uh, I don't think that's really surprising, is it? Um, we've got a new artist. Instead of uh, Paulina, we have... Reap, ripping it up on uh, ride number one, and uh, letters by Dave Sharp. Uh, and I think uh, Reap does his own colors, so he'll be doing the colors on this book. And uh, really, yeah, doesn't he do his own colors? Pretty sure he does. Huh? There's uh, if you look at the credits section of this book, there's not an artist listed or colorist listed. It just says art by Juan Jose Rip. And usually, when you have uh, art by. The artist is doing pencils, inks, and colors. Mm. Yeah, I, I, that's news to me. But uh, I mean, Reap's amazing, so he is. I, I won't put it past him. He is now the copy that we all received is a black and white copy. 
So, I mean, maybe they'll have an, uh, a colorist at the end, but I'm pretty sure he does all his own coloring. Uh, but like mm, I, I got to double uh, check that. Yeah, double check that for me. I um, yeah, I'm I, looking at it now. I'm trying to find it now. I told uh, I told Greg. So shout out to Greg for sending these out because uh, we actually received physical copies of this book, not digital copies. Um, which is that a first? I think that's a first. Yeah. I mean, I think it's like so. we've gotten out like sneak peeks and stuff, and this is an Ashcan edition. Um, but I don't think. They've ever sent out physical copies of books for uh, discussion and review, so that's uh, that's a cool initiative that I can get behind. Especially because it's a black and white book. Uh, I told Greg you guys should do a, an artist edition on this, um, which they did with what was the book, the Bloodshot book that uh, Lewis did. They were doing artist editions on that as well. Uh, so we'll see what happens with that. But I think that'd be uh, pretty damn awesome. Because as much as I love modern comics and color, let me tell you, there's something there's something about black and white comics that uh, a lot of people don't appreciate. Well, dude, black and white comics is a medium that I, I mean, it's it's a little bit different in certain senses because you, I mean, make different stylistic choices if you only have black and white, you know. And yeah. a lot of that, the often tends to more like stylized, like kind of thick ink you know, like pieces. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean like reap is awesome. I opened a, a reap, uh, book at random and Andrew dollhouse did the colors. So uh-huh. I think that he made, I think there just may not be a colorist credited because that's like TBD at this point. Yeah. Oh, that's a good. Point. Uh, but you know, dollhouse did the issue that I happened to open up of exo man war, you know? So, might be him. Might be whoever is coloring um, Fallen World, um, which I I don't know. I want to say maybe it's like Via Rubia. Damn, I just was down there. Let me go see. Let's see. I will tell you right yeah. now. Let's see. Uh, Ulysses Ariola. Ariola. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So it'll probably be him. All right. Cool. Whatever. Can I make a comment on the, the, the cover art on it? Yeah, absolutely. You know, when you look at it, it, it almost looks 3D mm-hmm. in a sense. So my initial response was, are they going to make a glass cover out of it? Mm-hmm. Because if they do, I think it's a perfect cover for, you know, a glass cover variant or whatnot. Because it just pops. I mean, it, it definitely pops like a 3D cover, in my opinion. Yeah, I really like the uh, cover when I pulled it out of the bag, um, or envelope rather, not the bag. Uh, but yeah, that's a great cover. I think Reap does the cover as well. And yes. uh, you're you're absolutely right. A glass variant of this would be amazing, amazing. Um, all right, so we, we're not going to discuss the story, but why don't you guys give me some general impressions of what you read out of Rye Number One? Uh, by the way, we should preface by saying this comes out in November. I think November 20th. Yeah. Uh, I would say um, that, you know, like, without giving too much away, like, it does really feel like a pretty immediate, um, you know, follow-up to Fallen World, you know? Yes. Um, it, it's like the, like a direct progression, I would assume. Um and, you know, I think that is good. I, I think that 
maybe to me is one of the most positive things about this turning around into a series right away is like it'll it's only like off the shelves for basically two months and then the story continues um so i think that's what you know that's a good approach if you are doing like a series of mini series rather than like let something go off the shelf for like six months or a year before bringing it back like you know they they got more to do i do they do they make it clear like how long the series is going to be you think it's going to be a mini series um i don't know and i'm sure that'll be announced whenever the announcement comes out uh so i can't really say but yeah i mean i would say it'd be the same as fallen world right five issues um but really i mean with modern comics you never know so that's probably more up to what the interest is, how the sales go, and things like that. But I, I think, you know, Rise has always been one of those books that did, did really well in a miniseries format, right? Even when we had the ongoing, that was always four issues and you take a three-month break and four issues and you take a three-month break. And and I think that worked really well. Um, granted, there were probably specific reasons why that was, right? So the, the Kane art kind of takes a little bit longer than uh, anybody else would. Yeah. But, but, but I think it worked because it gives you enough of a time where, you know, as a company, Valiant can put out other things and not overburden the schedule because they've always done, you know, between six and 10 bucks a month. And, uh, it gives you time to breathe, bring in something else, try, see what works. And, uh, and I think, you know, there's a lot of fans for this part of the Valiant universe. And, you know, I, I don't think we get enough of it, to be honest with you. Uh, so I'm totally cool with that. I'd be down for five issues and then do something else. Yeah, I liked it too. I'd be interested to see how people thought the first few pages of the book went and how the rest of the book went. Mm-hmm. Because when I read the first few pages, you know, I was like, okay, this is interesting. And then I liked the rest of the story, you know, like, okay, I, I see where this is going, but I like, uh, you know, when the book comes out, uh, I want to see the reviews or, you know, what you guys think on the first few pages. It was, it was kind of a different take, not bad in any way, but it's, it just made me sit back and say, Oh, okay. All right. This is how they want to take it. That's good. All right. <laughs> and I see how the story goes. So, so I want to say something, but I, I don't think it'll be spoiler if I say it. All right. So reading those first few pages gave me like this weird, like, Batman and Robin vibe between mm-hmm. two characters and you know being fans of of that I really enjoyed it um and I think one of the characters that's in this the way he was acting uh felt different to me than the way he was acting in Fallen World um at least from what we've seen so far but I enjoyed the change of, of pace uh because to me it made more sense to treat him this way based on who the character is, or let me say what the character looks like, uh, than the way that we've seen him up until now in Fallen World. Exactly. Yeah, it's a different take on the personality of the characters in yeah. those first few pages. We can say that. And, you know, it, it because it's different, it kind of makes you step back and just say, where are, we, where are they going with this? You know, and if you're the type of reader that just absorbs it and just takes it for what it is and, and, and let the story lead you to where they want to take you, you'll be fine. 
that's that's kind of my viewpoint on it. Not, without going into too much detail. Nope, I agree, Travis. Yeah. I I mean, like, I I don't know if maybe like my take I think is that it feels a little tonally different, like from you know what Fallen World is, mm-hmm. like specifically. You know, like, I think the scene that you're talking about, like, feels like it's out of, like, a buddy comedy or something. Yes, exactly. Uh, so, uh, but, yeah, I mean, I it's likable. I like buddy I comedies. Who yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wants yeah. to just I mean, see where the, how they take it? You know, that's the thing. I'm, I'm open. Like, okay, you want to go this route? Let's just see where it goes. Mm-hmm. Dude, so Dan Abnett, right? Right. Like, he is awesome, man. Like, he's, like, who we have to thank for Rocket Raccoon and Groot, right? Sure. Essentially. So, like, I, you know, I just sit back and, like, watch the fireworks. Well, I will agree with that. And I, I think Rocket and Groot may not be the best uh, examples because I'm not a big fan of those characters. But... You know, he, he wrote the, the Aquaman series at DC, the, the current one that's still going on. He's not writing it anymore. Um, but I, I have never been a fan of Aquaman and reading this series made me really love Aquaman. Um, and the only reason I picked it up is because I was like, you know what? They're relaunching the whole universe. Let me just give this a shot. And the first issue was okay, but then like, once I read issue two, I was like, okay, I see where this is going. And, you know, within a couple issues, I was just hooked, man. Uh, I think when, when he was doing Aquaman over at DC, that, that may have been one of the stronger books that DC was doing. Uh, not so much anymore. Well, it, it didn't seem like the, the first couple pages were permanent. You know, I mean, it was a setup, but it wasn't like ongoing throughout the issue, which, which was important to me. Well, yeah, kind of to an extent. I mean, it was it was definitely a change of pace, but it was cool seeing that one character because he doesn't really realize what he is, Mm -hmm. right? But the other one does know who he is uh, and knows his abilities. So it was cool to see that. And yeah, maybe the interaction was a little different from what we're used to. Um, but in, like, again, Fallen World's not over, so, you know, we'll see when issue five comes out, uh, how that changes the dynamic. Well, uh, is it fair to say that, you know, the Rye books have been like a dead serious, the, the writers were like, it, it was a dead serious character, right? Yeah, and a yeah. dead serious story. So when you kind of deviate from that a little bit, it's kind of shocking, or it, it makes you take pause and say, what's going on? Because it was such a serious storyline, you know, it, everything was like impactful. It was, you know, it affected a lot of people in that in that storyline or that universe. And to take this type of approach to it, it was like, whoa! It, it was it was definitely a contrast there that I think, you know, it should be pretty evident when people read it. Uh, that's true, but I think having those two characters together kind of maybe leads itself to that. Um, it's, yeah. a, it's almost like a lone, lone wolf and cub kind of relationship that they have. You know what I mean? I don't know if you guys mm-hmm. ever read lone wolf and cub. Um, but I don't, I don't know if we see like a lot of books, a lot of comic books at least, uh, tackle this kind of relationship. Cause I mean, th- judging by 
by what I've read of of this Rye book, it it just it feels like a futuristic Western. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously with a lot of Asian influences, and and I would say that Abner has brought in a lot of, more of that with uh, with Fallen World, and you know we'll see what he does with that in Rye. Um, but I mean, I was rereading Fallen World, and even like Gilad feels like an old school Ronin, right? Um, mm. In that book, so I'm I'm curious, but it, it does it does give me that vibe. Uh, yeah, there's some comedy elements, but there's like some really cool stuff in there. Uh, like there's that one battle, uh, the one character battles the uh, what do they call mm-hmm. them? Like techno, on yep. anarchist or whatever. Um, I don't remember ever seeing that one power that we saw in that battle. Oh yeah, you guys know what I'm talking, know what about? talking about? Yeah, yeah. dude. <laughs> uh, which that was awesome. Like imagine seeing that in like a movie, right? It's I think it's hard to convey that ability in a comic book because you have still panels. Um, and you have one of the characters kind of explain what's going on. So I thought that was a good way to do it. Um, cause he's like, he's just walking and you just see like destruction yep. all around him. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's right. right. That's right. Like, right. Wait, like what's happening? He's not doing anything. And then like you start seeing like multiple versions of this character and you're like, ah, okay. Yeah. It'd be really good. We probably should revisit this and discuss it more once the book comes out because there's a lot of uh, similarities to different movies, yeah. And, you know, different themes that maybe if we delve into, we might give you know give away more of what the book is than what we probably should. But there's definitely um, certain movies out there that are, I, you know, and I'm not a big movie guy or whatever, but I, I picked up on it. Like, okay, I can see that. Mm-hmm. I can see that. It reminds me of this. So you talked about your western piece, and yeah, yeah. I'm going to spill the beans if I keep talking, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Was, yep. well, I did, liked it. Did you ever watch, uh, what was it, uh, Afro Samurai? No. Oh, you've never seen Afro Samurai? You got to watch that. But what about the Denzel movie when he was blind? Oh, Book of Eli? That's good. Yeah, kind of had elements of that, yep. maybe. Yep, there's some Book of Eli in this, yep. Yep, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's good. I like it. I I think it's an awesome book. Yeah, really, I really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, and dude, I I just like the idea of keeping something two thousand one on the shelf all the time. You know, mm-hmm. like even if it's not Rye or whatever, like Rye takes a break, War Mother comes back, or I don't know, like an Eternal Emperor book comes back or something. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the one thing I, I did not like about receiving this, uh, let's see, we're in August, so what's that, four months before it comes out? Almost five months. Uh, was the last page. Because Fallen World hasn't ended yet. And I saw a character and I was like, oh, well now we kind of know what happens to that guy. Right. But, Ooh. uh, but I guess it's fine. I mean, this was sent out, I mean, Travis, I think you know more particulars than I do. Uh, I think this was sent out to a very, uh, short list of people, so it's probably okay to do it that way, even if you do have some spoilers, all right? Because I think everyone that received this is probably reading all the Valiant books anyway, right? Yeah, dude. I I don't know. Like, yeah, if anybody tried to spoil this, I think that uh, it would get back. You know? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, to your point, like it, it definitely is a little bit spoilery. But I, you know, I'm gonna guess that it's just you know excitement over like 
having this thing and, and wanting people to, to get behind it, which, you know, you know, I, I'm behind that. And, uh, I like Fallen World a lot too. So like, you know, I, I'm, I'm glad they're trying to push this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've, uh, I've really enjoyed Fallen World a lot as well. Um, like I said, before I, we started recording tonight, I reread the three issues that are out and the one that's coming out. And, uh, and it reads really well. I think it's a, it's a good next step to like the stuff that Matt Kent was doing, for example, uh, and the stuff that we've had set in this world ever since. Um, and I think there's just so much cool stuff that you can play with, right? Uh, and I'm sure that Abnett's getting a lot of freedom to write a story that he wants. Um, so I'm, I'm looking forward to see where this one will go. I mean, I want to see how Fallen World ends, obviously. Uh, but there's obviously a lot of changes in the way the the world of 4002 is going to work uh, after Fallen World ends. Isn't that the future of, of the Valiant Universe? Is that 4001, 4002? Yep. You know, storyline because there's so much you can pull off of that. I mean, you can take that as far as you want, and the, you, you know, you, you, you're dealing with dinosaurs, different sectors. You're dealing with the the value universe proper in the future. I mean, it's so expansive and that's the most, to me, that's the most exciting part of the, the current value universe. The other stuff is like, okay, it, it's not in a box, but you can kind of see its boundaries on how far they can take it, which may be, make it more challenging as a writer or a creator. But this 4001, 4002 piece, I mean, you can, you can take that as, you can take that as far as you want. Because there's no boundaries to it, really. Yeah, yeah. There's very few things that have been really set in stone. Um, I think mm. even going back to the 90s, you know, uh, I mean, the, the Rye book was a centerpiece, uh, but I don't think it was – it ended up being as central as maybe it originally was planned to be, right? Right. I, don't know, I mean, it's, it's hard for it to be central when it's off in its own thing, like – set aside from everything else in the universe, you know? Sure. But just like based on the, the ideas of how the world came to be, uh, you could make it a central focus of the universe, right? Cause back then there was a lot of connections to like bloodshot, uh, with the blood of heroes, all that stuff. Uh, Magnus. Yeah. Magnus solar showed up. The Psylords, all that stuff was connected. Psylords. Yeah. Now it's not so connected. Right. But, but it can be connected, right? Absolutely. Like everything could feed off of it, right? Well, the only connection is really Gilad and the Geomancer. Um, which I like some of the stuff that's going on there. Um, I, God, is this the book that hasn't come out yet? Uh, you guys tell me the character that shows up that we haven't seen in a little while. That's an issue four, right? I haven't read issue oh, four. Oh, you haven't read it yet? Okay. No. Never mind. Never mind. But there's a there's an interesting change of pace for the Geomancer as a result of this character that shows up. And it's something that I would like to see explored a little bit more. Because I think I think the Geomancer it, you know, there's another central character. The Geomancer was key mm-hmm. in in VH one, right? In OG Valiant. And in current Valiant, not so much. Right? I mean Tama wasn't uh, key part of book of death and she's shown up since in a few other books but like 
she doesn't feel as important as Geomancers did in the past. And and I don't know if this is not the right person to to write the character right now, or if that's not really the focus of Valiant uh, at the moment. But uh, but I think it could be. Um, you know, Jeff Jeff was not like the most interesting character, right? The the VH1 uh, Geomancer. Right. Um, and then what was the guy's name? Oh god, that book was terrible. Uh, the Geomancer book. It was like Jeff's nephew or something. Clay. Clay. <laughs> Uh, he was Clay terrible. McHenry. Yeah, he was terrible. Which turned into K McHenry. That's right. Hey, oh, nice. That's right. <laughs> Clay What's was awful. He had that terrible bandana, and he had the the puffy vest that was hot in the nineties. <laughs> he yeah. was so bad, dude. Like, like Jeff McHenry, right? Like, I feel like he was almost like the you know the Watcher or something. You know, mm-hmm. like. If Jeff ever popped up in somebody else's book, it's like, oh crap! Like, yeah, it's about know. to go down. <laughs> the geomancers here—that's never a good thing. Yep. Yeah, but you don't have so, that. Now. Be- you see what I mean? Like, don't you yeah. think it'd be cool to have a geomancer? Like, there's there's things you could play around with in that. Uh, and like, yeah, there's the whole like nature hippy dippy aspect. That's fine. Like, I'm sure somebody can make that work. Uh, but I think for for a large chunk of comic readers that may not be the direction they would want that to go into. Mm. Um, but like, I'm but, a, to, to me, it's almost like Tama really hasn't worked. I'll be honest. Yeah, well, they well, just set up and, sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I mean, I was just saying that like, you know, if you read incursion, they set up a brand new status quo for Tama, yes. you know, and one would think that, you know, if they were investing in that story, that they would have a plan sooner rather than later to come back to that and, you know, give her and Gil out a book or something, you know, like so that that isn't just a thing that you introduce that you never come back to. Mm-hmm. So if they pick that up, that could be interesting, you know? <laughs> yeah, but but that goes to the point, like, let's explore some of that. Right, we mm-hmm. we haven't explored anything about Gilad and the Geomancer, and we've had Geomancers for years now. You know, since K. Um, and sure, like K died a terrible death. That's yeah, that's awful. Um, which is weird, right? Because that book was really impactful. I remember people like shedding tears when K died, and I'm like, guys, she's literally been around for like three issues. But the art with her and the way they wrote her, it was. You kind of felt her like you, yes. she was like family almost, you know, yep. and she wasn't perfect, but she was genuine in her in her imperfectness. And you knew she had a mission and she was kind of clueless in the sense, but her instincts kind of drove her as a geomancer to do what she was supposed to do. But she kind of didn't know what she was supposed to do. And it kind of happened where Tama they kind of positioned her to be super pivotal, like a powerful geomancer. Mm -hmm. But she kind of had to, they set her up to where she had to grow into it. And uh, Galad, you know, he, based off his experience, he knew the power she can have. Like she almost could be, you know, like uh, Luke Skywalker in a sense. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's a good comparison. You know, when he, when he was young, they kind of knew like, Hey, this is this guy special. And we got to nurture him and, you know, through his maturation period, 
you know, he kind of fell off and came back. And he, after a while, after he matured, he became who he was. I think that's kind of how they did with Tama. But then you have like the whole shift in Valiant, right? At that point, you know, when, when Dinesh and that whole creative crew left. So it's kind of interesting to see, are they going to stay with that, that point with Tama and, and Galad or, are they going in another direction? So with the new Geomancer and Fallen World and uh, and before that, um, how does that play out? You know, I want to see how those two Geomancers play out. Well, I mean, I would love to see a, a Gilad and Geomancer book, uh, whether it's Tamar or not. Uh, and, and I mean, like, really explore that relationship throughout time. But, you know, focusing on Tamar because she's the current one. Um, and again, they, they played around a little bit with that in Book of Death, but I don't think nearly to the extent that they should have. And, and the relationship that Gilad has with, uh, what's her name? I think, uh, Kanara, Karana, uh, the, the Karana. G- Karana, the Geomancer from the future, okay. um, is really interesting. Um, and it, it really, like, leads me to wonder, is the problem more Gilad than the Geomancer? Um, again, I don't want to spoil like what happens. There's an interaction between those two characters, um, and kind of a, a new status quo that's a little set up in, in Fallen World. And, and it makes me wonder like, is Tama just not all that powerful or are we not seeing her enough? Because like Gilad is the one that's holding her back. Uh, I know that's kind of weird because we're talking about like fictional characters, right? Um, but like maybe that's just the angle that, we're taking right now and that's why we're not exploring it uh so i'm curious because we we haven't seen a whole lot of gilad geomancer interaction uh, or at least very little um how do you guys feel from what you've read about i guess maybe the dynamics of how that works uh, at least in current valiant and if you want to throw some og stuff in that's fine but uh i'm just curious because i almost feel like you know you always see gilad as this like super strong powerful like warrior type, um, but is he maybe not the right person to be training the geomancer or protecting the geomancer? I look at him as like a older brother or dad dealing with a kid that's growing, and there's challenges with that. Uh, just you know, a dad and a, and a young kid, but now you're dealing with a kid that has special abilities, right? Mm-hmm. So Tama is growing and she has power, but she's still kind of like a human in touch with the world. So she's going to go through her ups and downs. And I think you see the conflict between the two of them at times is she, she says, you know, she realizes her power at times and she wants to do it her way. He's trying to say, I'm the adult. Let me, you know, don't make the mistakes that other geomancers have made. And she's just like, no, the book is saying this, or, you know, we need to do it this way. And, And they just have that kind of parental, like, juvenile or child kind of interaction where it's just a relationship they have to massage and yeah that's that's kind of how i look at it it's like a child and a parent in a sense so but the child has super abilities and they just go they go back and forth with that that's kind of how i pick up on it like she's trying to fill herself out and mature as just a human and a geomancer and he's kind of like i've been there done that do it my way. And she's saying, no, you know, I'm listening to the earth and the earth is telling me this, like, we need to do it like this. And he's just like, 
you know, it's like an old curmudgeoning guy and a new hipster kid. <laughs> That's kind of how I look at it, to sum it up. Uh, I, I mean, I would say for myself, I, I feel like it, you're, you're right. We don't really see a lot of like Gilad Geomancer interaction really anywhere in like New School Valiant. But I feel like the status quo in general is that like, you know, when push comes to shove, the Geomancer tends to call the shots and, you know, Gilad's like the muscle. Um, so I think that that is a little bit turned on its ear, you know, with the Tama thing where she's a child, um, you know, she's, you know, younger than even other like young geomancers that we've seen. Uh, and, you know, Karana in the future, you know, is only now just getting to Earth. So, so she doesn't have the same kind of like, you know, training, you know, she's probably much less experienced than Tama, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, those are kind of novel things, um, but, like, by and large, it should be, uh, that Geomancer is telling Gilad what to do. Yes, but, the mm. no? Yeah, like, yeah, and, yeah, like, if, uh, if you just look at, in a, in a pure, like, an empiric situation, yeah, based on their abilities, but, like Galad has the experience and every geomancer we see, they, they're constantly learning and maturing in their power. So they're kind of like a juvenile, right? Yeah. And then like Galad is the teacher or the guide or the protector who has all the experience and has to guide them, protect them and shepherd them to whatever their goal is, right? So I wouldn't, so the geomancer in itself is powerful in their abilities, but they still haven't learned to maximize their abilities, in my sense. That's my opinion. See, here's the way I look at it, because I, I see where you're coming from, Dewan, but at the same time, isn't the Geomancer, like, imbued with, like, some of the knowledge of the Earth? It's not just about, like, controlling, like, making whatever, freaking sand statues or something, right? Like, don't they also gain, like, some of the knowledge and wisdom of the Earth, it's not just about power. Uh, maybe they need to learn how to interpret what they learn. Uh, but I'm, I don't think it's just about an ability to control the earth. Uh, I think there's a lot more to that. Um, and maybe you go ahead again. You speak for the earth, you know? Right. So like you are a channel for the earth being like, yo, <laughs> right. you need to know this is happening, you know? And like, maybe that's more explicitly slightly, Played out in the in like the larger role of the geomancer in VH1. Yeah. Um. But like in in VEI, you also have the book of geomancer. You know, like that. That's kind of become a pretty explicit device for being like, oh, like prophecy, prophecy. You know, like I'm I'm learning the future right now. Yeah, but it's not it's not cut and dry. So like the geomancer. Basically, you know, they speak for the earth, right? And, but the, I think the key is how do you translate it to everybody else on the earth? Like, how can she translate what the earth is telling her in a way that Galad can understand it and they can work as a team? Oh, so it's kind of like an artist and a scientist. Like, some people are really artsy and, 
they can explain themselves in an artistic way, but then if they have to go through, say, uh, a business person or a scientist to kind of, you know, sell their art or sell their vision or their research, you know, if, you know, it just, those two sides don't talk to each other well. You know what I mean? And, and, and that's what I'm saying, like a geomancer and Galah kind of have to mature and grow and kind of understand each other's language so they can function together. So they're both powerful in their own worlds, but to get those, those two worlds to function together successfully, that's, that's the hard part. But what if, does like, that make sense? It, it makes sense. But what if Gilad's way of doing things isn't the best way for the geomancer to grow? Because each geomancer is different. Is that what you're right. saying? So Yes. And, and Galaz is like an old curmudgeon guy. Like, I've been there, done that. I know how this goes. It's my way of the highway, kind of. I, I don't know if it's like my way or the highway kind of thing, but it's it's like he's been through so much that I think maybe sometimes he assumes that one way of doing things is the right way because he's tried it that way and it didn't work last time. So why would it work this time? You see what I mean? Yeah, but he has to understand each geomancer is different. Sure. Right? Just, but each geomancer gets killed. Yeah, but they're all different. They're all super different. So, like, if he takes that my way of the highway approach, he, he has to know over the years that's the wrong approach. Because each of them are different. Like, they all speak for the earth and they have, they're in tune to the earth. But you can't, they're, they're all, it's just like kids. I, I don't have kids, but, I, you know, it's just like family members. Like, if you have brothers and sisters, you're, they're all different. There's different ways you approach each of them, right? Or people at work. You can't approach the guy over here and the lady over here. Like, the, 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 there's different triggers, different motivational factors. And I would think that would be with the geomancer. And it, it would be even more exaggerated to the point that, especially each geomancer has this ability. And at a certain point, as they get more comfortable with that ability, they get kind of more set in their ways and, and they're filling themselves out almost like a teenager as they grow up and be, start to become an adult. And, and then they, 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 you know, the saying is they smell themselves or they think their way of doing things is the right way. And then Galad is kind of the adult in the room and saying, okay, your way of doing it is not right. And, and maybe he's too stubborn. You know, that's my take on it. And I don't know if it's right, but I think each geomancer is different to my point. And then you have to learn from each of them and they have to forge a new relationship with each geomancer and Galad. I agree with that. But for everything that we've seen from Gilad from thousands of years ago, right? Uh, what was that? I don't know. It was an early issue of Archer and Armstrong. Um, when we see him in like Mesopotamia or whatever it was, uh, he, his personality's always been the same. Right, that's why he was chosen to be the protector. But I don't. To me, it doesn't seem like that has ever really worked out for the geomancer. Like, what they would have died like a year later or a year sooner if, if Gilad wasn't there to protect them. Okay, like that doesn't seem to be a, a good protector to me. Mm. Gilad is like a marine to me. You know, he has one mission, one mission only. And he's going to do it. And at times he shows a sensitive side, right? Especially like in uh, in the Valiant, right? Yep. He definitely had. You could see over the years he he did he did have emotional attachment to the geomancers. He really did. 
you know, so you could see him kind of growing and maturing with each geomancer, especially the young guy, the young kid. Remember the one kid that died? That was, that yeah. was kind of, that was really, that was really moving, uh, death as far as a geomancer. Um, but now it just seems like he's, I don't want to say set in his ways, but he's kind of like the, the old granddad or the dad, in my opinion, you know? Yeah. And he just, like, especially with Tama, he's just kind of like, look, I'm going to protect you. you. You don't know what the hell you're doing, but just read from the book and tell us what we have to do. We're on a mission. Let's just protect you and let's move forward. And then when she tries to talk to him and just say, you know, I want to express myself in this way or I want this is what the book is telling me. Maybe we shouldn't do this. There's a conflict there between them, which is not productive for any of them because you got these evil forces coming against them and they need to be working as a team. And I don't think they work as a team all the time. I may be wrong. I mean, can I, can I just say like, I think it's, it's tough to know because like we haven't really gotten that much of them together. You know, like we got some in Book of Death and then like we get a little uh, bit in Incursion. But, you know, I think, you know, like, unfortunately, uh, you know, Wrath Return of Warrior happened and like the way that played out, Gilad like went off the board for, you know, two years or something, you know, and we never saw aside from a little hints in rapture like what tama could have possibly been up to that whole time you know seems like she's doing awesome yeah and it seems like he's a terrible protector yeah i mean i like yeah where you been dude yeah well and like where you been from now until 4002 uh well i mean it's unclear like what the timeline is for how when and how long like the geomancer was in space you know Like, because like 2000 years passed between when, uh, New Japan goes up, right? And, or like 1900 years or something. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. But that points to another thing, which is just like, to your point, kind of the futility of the fight, you know? Galad has been fighting nonstop for whatever, five, six thousand years, and like, it doesn't necessarily ever seem to get better. He's, you know, there's always another war. He's always going to keep fighting, you know, like the geomancers doing their thing. The further you see into the future from here, the worse and worse everything gets. So like basically if the timeline that we've seen holds, they're going to fail. Did Mm. I bum you out? (laughs) No, I mean, that makes sense. (laughs) Nope. Did not bum me out at all. Uh, it does actually, it bumps me out a little bit. Cause then like, what power does the earth, earth really hold, right? Um, and I think that's maybe one of the unexplored things in, in the whole 4001 side of the universe. Um, cause you know, when Kim was on there, it was all in space, and now like we're back on earth, but the earth is just a dirt pile. Um, and again, not to spoil anything for, for Fallen World 4, but like, that's touched a little bit upon that. Uh, and that's kind of why I wanted to bring it up, actually, because I thought it was some interesting points in that issue uh, that I hadn't really thought about too much previously. I mean, I've, I've known that I wanted a, a Gilead Geomancer book for forever, but, like, I, I don't know what shape that takes. Uh, and I think I, I know a little bit more of what shape that takes after reading that issue. Well, dude, like, I mean, this is – we're 
this is coming out after uh Wednesday, right? So we could talk about Fallen yes. World. Yes. So like I don't know, I you know, it seems like they're setting up an idea there that the geomancer needs to be a warrior, but I think you could make a case that really she should just be going around and like healing the planet and just making the entire planet like livable again. Alright, so I'm assuming people why should we can you just spoil that piece then? Um Duan, sorry you haven't read it. You're about to no, spoil fine. it. I don't care. I don't care. So War Mother shows up in the issue. Mm-hmm. Um and so Gilad and and Karana are taken to the green and War Mother's kind of taking reins really. She's like, Look, your way hasn't really worked. Uh the Green want to, you know, bring life back to Earth and we need the Geomancer, so she's gonna lead us into battle. And Gilad's like, Nope, not gonna happen. Um, cause of course that's always the way it's been. And, and War Mother brings it up. She's like, look, your way hasn't worked. You didn't even know that the Geomancer was here cause she was up in space. Right. So I don't know. Do, do we agree with that? Should, should she be healing the planet? I mean, I guess she should be healing the planet, but it seems like there's plenty of other issues and healing the planet wouldn't solve any of those problems. Okay. Okay. If Karana becomes a warrior, will she turn father into a tree? <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> what are your odds on that? Even money? I hope zero percent. I mean, turn him into an ocean or something. Like, let's go away from the tree. <laughs> go away from the tree. How is how is an ocean any better? I don't know. It, but to me, it always seems like it's a yin and a yang. There has to be a balance, right? And that's why you know we perceive that the geomancer and Galat always fail. But then at times they succeed, right? And it's just this balance. It's always this balance of opposites. You know, is that, is that what the norm is supposed to be? In a sense, like, you know, we, we, we think that Galad and the Geomancer is supposed to have this utopian world and, and the earth would win. But is that the natural balance? I mean, you have like Master Dark out there from the Book of Death. There's always something counter to the Geomancer where there's, there, kind of bringing a balance there and there and we're just fighting over this middle area or this balance area and that's where the battle happens you know what i mean it's not you know the, the it may go kind of extreme in one way and extreme in another but you, you kind of settle in this gray area all the time that we're fighting over and, uh, and, and i don't know if that's what they're trying to go after or not but we'll see no you may be right but I mean, mm-hmm. it's comics. If everything was balanced, then you wouldn't want to read them because they'd be boring. Yeah, it's the fight over the balance, though. Sure. Yeah, the fight is interesting. Right. The fight is interesting. I don't know. We'll see. I'm, I'm curious to hear what you think, Dewan, after you read that issue of Fallen World and uh, go from there. Yeah. Yeah, I'll read it tonight. I'll see what's going on. Educate myself a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was interesting, though. It was interesting. It brought up a lot of stuff I hadn't thought about. So, um, I, I mean, I, I would love to see Gilad get his own book. Uh, I know we've had that before. I mean, Travis, you mentioned Wrath, and you know, I love Venditti. I enjoyed Wrath, uh, but it's not really what I wanted out of an Eternal Warrior book. Um, so we'll see. But would you guys like it's to a, see out of an Eternal Warrior book? I was just thinking about that. It's almost like you can't have an Eternal Warrior book without the Geomancer, right? Uh, I mean, I'll tell you what, you know, I think maybe might 
be interesting for an Eternal Warrior book is like what the uh, the VH1 series was. Mm. It was something that really does speak to you, like showing just glimpses of like his actual history and you know like significant places that he was he has been. You know, like it's possible that he's been in every major like significant battle like in the history of mankind you know that's like at a at a an exaggerated sense like the the possibilities for his biography so filling that in a little bit in the context of some kind of story that like happens in the present day would be awesome i totally agree it'd be nice for the geomancer to get stable in some kind of storyline to where Galat, to your point, could go off and have his own adventures or, or his own storyline somewhere else. And they can, they can just build on his storyline to where he's not always paired with the Geomancer. And then he can maybe pop back into the Geomancer's storyline if something happens or if something becomes unstable, but then he can go out and, and they can develop his own personal story. Like kind of like they try to do with Wrath, Wrath of the Turner Warrior, but you know have the more historical component to it. So you want like Highlander featuring Eternal Warrior? Mm-hmm. I'm down with that. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, actually, I'm really down with that. Um, I, I I think when you get to that point, uh, you can fall into the trap of repeating uh, certain story structures, and that could get a little tired. Uh, unless you have, you know, the right, it's always about the right writer, right? Um, but for sure, like a five issue, six issue mini with that concept, I think would work really well. I would love to see that. Well, don't they keep report, re- uh, repeating the same thing with Bloodshot? And it keeps going. <laughs> I mean, it keeps going. So why not? You know, it, it'd be neat to like, you know, have the Eternal Warrior do his thing and he can maybe pop back in with, with, uh, Ivar and Archer. And then pop out, kind of have his own storyline, then pop back in with the Geomancer here or there. You know, you can, you can bounce him around anywhere. Mm-hmm. Maybe you need to see him in Ninjak, maybe have some kind of. Oh, yeah. Ninjak. We would need to have a Ninjak book in order to see him in Ninjak. <laughs> hint, hint, wink, wink. That was the, uh, that was the best part of Unity was, uh, Gilead and Ninjak interacting. Yeah, cause they're kind of like, Two stubborn, solitary guys. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, yeah, that that's interesting. That's super interesting. Yep, I'd be down for that. We'll get an inject book at some point, Travis. Don't worry. I mean, we got killers, and that's awesome. So yeah, you know, I'll wait. Sure. Hey, going back to the Geomancer guys, do you would you like to see like a, a mature, powerful Geomancer that like had kind of full control of their power like a mature skill set that can kind of like function on their own and not necessarily need Galad so much to where they they can have their own storyline yes but to an extent because I think at that point you'd have to be really careful on how to use the Geomancer Um, because then it can turn into like divinity right when you when you have a character that's got so much power uh, you have to find a way to limit that character. And, and I think the Geomancer could be on that same level. Um, right. Or at least maybe like right underneath Divinity. Right. Divinity's like cosmic and, 
Yeah, and the geomancer is just earthly. Right? Yeah. Yep. Good point. Good point. I agree. Yeah, writing, okay. writing like, uh, what, what's the word? Not omniscient. Uh, whatever. Like an all-powerful character is is very hard. Overpowered. Uh, yeah. Like you know, that, that's the problem you can come with uh, with Superman, for example, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you always have to find some way to ground that character. Uh, and I, I think that's why like Superman works well when he's got a family. As opposed to he's by himself, because then he's got that grounding. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, sure. Like, I definitely would uh, would enjoy like seeing like whatever you know uh, a gnarly like experienced geomancer doing some geomancy stuff. Um, I just feel like it's kind of we we just like have limitations as far as what we can expect so i don't i don't know that they're going to introduce any new geomancers anytime soon so i don't know maybe like i don't know if they set the like the follow up to you know incursion where like now tama is is like starting to break bad or something you know like Maybe, maybe if by then she's already like super seasoned as a as a geomancer, but like starting to come into her own in like dark arts. I don't know. I I think that would be interesting. But yeah, that'd be great. Hmm. I almost seem like a, a seasoned geomancer would be like the bleeding monk. They'd just be in a forest or kind of a utopian natural area, and just to their self alone. You know, just constantly in tune with the earth. You know, like the bleeding monk is just kind of in there in this temple and he's just bleeding and reaching out to people with his mind. I can kind of see the, uh, a mature kind of geomancer doing that just in their own remote part of the world, just in touch with the earth, you know, not traveling, trying to find themselves and dealing with Goliath. Hmm. Yeah, but then you couldn't use them very often. Yeah, but they could reach out like when, when there was like a crisis situation, you could kind of reach back to them and they can age you. Somehow, I don't know. There's all kinds of ways you can take that storyline. I'm not yeah. creative, so don't get <laughs> don't get me to talking. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, anything else? Or should we wrap it up? Yeah. Oh, we talking about Fallen World. Can we talk about from a collector's perspective? Did we talk about this before? The know. Fallen World number one cover C. There was an error cover where they had. Ooh. Yeah, there was some. There were like double covers on that issue. So there are a few out there that actually had two covers stapled together. So if you're able to get one, congratulations. Really? Yeah, I think they were going for maybe like uh, 75 bucks. Wow. You know, on eBay. So if you were able to get one, congrats. Is that the Nick Varela cover? It's the one with um with Rye on it and it looks like maybe um asteroids are falling from the sky. Yep, that's uh, the one. I, that's the one. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. So look, if you have it and you pre-ordered it, yeah. Pull it out your your box if you got the floppies and see if you got a double cover. If so, you win. You win the prize. <laughs> uh, interesting. Yeah. Well, that's all I have. Very good. Now I gotta go on eBay and look. They're probably all gone. To be honest with you. 
You get floppies. Look in your collection. I don't get the C's. I I only get the A covers usually. Oh, uh, yeah. If you get the C's, C. Because I went to my comic shop and they said, oh, your C cover was damaged. Here's your replacement. And I'm like, oh, I might have wanted the damaged one. It might have been a double cover. And then it, it wasn't. So I had to buy my my error issue on eBay. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> All right, we're going to wrap this one up. Travis, I know we said we're going to talk about your topic, but uh, I didn't think our five-minute discussion on Rye was going to turn into an hour. Yeah, no, we'll, we'll, uh, we got a week or two to prepare, so. Very good. It'll be good. Next episode, we have a topic of the week, so that should be interesting. Uh, see, that's it. If you want to find us, you can find us on Twitter. The one is at CollectValiant. That's what he does. Uh, Travis is at the Great Magnet because uh, I don't know he loves magnets I guess. Uh, I'm at Geekvine. The show is at Valley underscore Central. Thank you for listening. See you on the next one.